This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I am feeling a little weird right now. Okay, I'm telling you what, there is um not much feeling quite like a buzz after a beer mile, which we all just did. And when I woke up this morning, if you made like a list of all the things I thought I was going to do today, an indoor beer mile would have been dead last. No <laughs> chance I was doing that today, but here we are. Uh, and we'll get into all the details of that in a second. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I, uh, I'm doing okay. My, uh, my tummy's a little upset right now. It doesn't feel spectacular uh, for the same reasons that Mike was just talking about. You know, and, and I was always told, you know, if some books have a little like carbonation, maybe that'll help. So I, I'm taking a break from beer right now. I'm switching to the, the hard seltzer, and that's going to help me, you know, get back to peak form. Um, so, so shout out to Naughty Hard Seltzer. Uh, but once I have one of these, I am sure I will feel great again and i don't know maybe maybe it'll be like mike's bachelor party and i'll just start doing you know six more beer miles today we'll see what happens it's an addictive I, thing Trent. once you get going you can't stop <laughs> so i didn't stop I'm, I'm right back to the middle of lights but anyways let's get into what just happened so you know we're we're out here we're we're producing content like no other you know running media platform like we, we we're turning stuff out and we're having a lot of fun and we came across you know, this no treadmill challenge, it was a partnership between P3R and Fleet Feet Pittsburgh. And the whole idea of this no treadmill challenge is while people are social distancing, they're quarantined in their houses, it's record a mile or, or so show some evidence that you did a mile in your house without using a treadmill. So the three of us decided, hey, we're going to do that this weekend. And we decided that Saturday at 3.30 in the afternoon is when we were going to do it, and we were going to jump on on Skype, and we were going to record it. And somewhere around 1.30, we decided that we were going to take this indoor mile away from just being a normal, everyday mile to a beer mile. So we just completed an indoor beer mile, and it was wild. So let me break that down a little bit further. <laughs> I mean, like, a beer mile is not something that you just, like, on a whim decide to do. An indoor Except beer mile is something that you just don't do. And we just did both of those like literally minutes ago. We're talking we 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 finished. Steve came across the finish line and we'll get into that like 10 minutes ago. And the rest of us have just, been done for about a half hour now, but <laughs> So it was like Steve sent a text at like like he said 1:30 and was just like, "Hey, what if we turn this into a beer mile?" And my heart started racing immediately i was like god that sounds horrific i do so, not want to do that so but i put it out into the universe i said listen i'm not going to be the one to stop it if you guys are both down i will do it well in typical typical me fashion i'm not sure when the text got sent but it felt like i didn't get it right away so i was i was at the store it's like my you know once in every two weeks i leave my apartment now and go out and, and freak out because there's people around me and it feels really strange but i'm there 
I'm walking to my car and I, I just see this text message like, oh shit, all of a sudden this just turned into a beer mile. So now I got to stop at the liquor store and come through. And the liquor store, um, it's amazing. It's like it's like the toilet paper in crisis is just there at the liquor store. So my beer selection is a little limited of what I get for bottles, but um, it went re- like Mike said, it was so quickly from like, oh, I'm gonna like, you know, half jog around the apartment for fun or whatever to, you know, you know, tell my girlfriend like, I need to, I need to like rearrange the apartment right now i need to move some furniture we got to get this rug out of the way i'm gonna slip on this it was <laughs> it's quite the afternoon after i thought it was gonna be a nice relaxing day we did this beer mile at 3 30 p.m and we kind of talked about it after 3 30 p.m is the worst time you could ever do a beer mile because now you have to either like i was saying earlier it's like either you are strictly drinking for the rest of the day to, to make it a party or it's like you're going to be asleep in 20 minutes either you have to do this like first thing in the morning get a nice nap and then live your day or it's like the last thing you do in the day 3 30 p.m right in the middle of a saturday is insane i can tell you what i i didn't have plans for this I'll tell you what my girlfriend did not have plans for this the person i'm living with for all of a sudden, trent, like trent was either napping or drinking today I mean, my wife just asked me, she said, you know, so she helped us film it and I'm super excited for the video. The video has got some gold. It's going to be great. Um, But she was asking, hey, what's your plans for the rest of the day now? And I just said, hey, you know, I just ran a beer mile. I'm having a day. So (laughs) buckle up. We're having fun tonight. (laughs) We're going to get our quarantine on and we're going to party, baby. Dude, the, the crazy thing is, is it's now... Like if this was if this was a normal day, we would say, hey, let's go to the bar right now. You know, let's all meet up somewhere and let's just like have a day or a meetup. Let's put on there's probably, you know, a, a golf tournament on. There might be some some baseball, some early season baseball, but there's none of that. So what it comes down to is now I just I sit in my apartment alone and I, you know, keep drinking because I tell you what, my girlfriend doesn't want to start drinking at 430 in the afternoon. So <laughs> it's going to be a day, but this is going to be. This is my first like all day bender on the quarantine, and I don't know if it's gonna be depressing, if it's gonna be awesome, exciting. I'm really curious to see how it's gonna go. So, so hey guys, it's it's let's... funny because I my wife actually had some plans for today. The plans for this afternoon was we were going to do a thorough cleaning of the house, and then we were gonna work on a puzzle together. <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of decide like. I think this actually might be pretty fun, like cleaning the house and doing a puzzle together right now. After I'm like beer mile buzz might be kind of a good time so I'm, I'm actually more excited for it than i was a few hours ago <laughs> so let's i mean that just sounds like a terrible idea there's no way that's possible. it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome but, so let's uh let's talk a little bit about kind of um you know what the additional motivation for kind of doing this was and we decided that if we were going to do this we were going to do we're going to incorporate some sort of charity component so uh, one of the companies involved with this No Treadmill Challenge, P3R, has this awesome program, Kids of Steel. It's all about kind of motivating the next, next generation of runners, getting kids active and healthy. So we decided. So in my house, there's a 110 laps to the mile. And, you know, this was a daunting task ahead of us, and I was doing it with my brother Chris. And we said for every lap that both of us completed, we were going to peak the, the the podcast peak too early was going to donate a dollar for each lap to the kids of steel so we're going to make a nice little donation to kids of steel and uh so we had some fun um i think that maybe we might we might do another one in the future we'll see but 
guys, I'm glad we did this. You know, this was this was on a whim. It was crazy. It was it was stupid, but I'm glad we did it. And on, on the charity element too, I would say if if you're that psychotic enough to listen to this and feel inspired to run your own indoor beer mile, run a beer mile, and then maybe you can get you know your roommates that are looking down at you for being a complete psychopath. Maybe they can pitch in a dollar for every lap that you do inside your house and, and give it to your favorite charity. Um, so so make it happen if uh, if like I said for some crazy reason this was this was inspiration to you. Even more than that. DM us if you want to try and get involved in the next one. Maybe we can incorporate a little charity event for for the listeners and stuff like that. We can do like a you know a, a huge a huge beer mile. So we'll see we'll see. We got big th- ideas. Maybe it's because I've had you know four beers and and 13 minutes earlier or whatever it was and now <laughs> another one. But um, I guarantee that if listeners want to do beer mile like with us i i'll do as many beer miles as you want this week i got one of those jobs or luckily i'm still employed so i you know i got it better than other people but i don't got anything going on you know every night like i can <laughs> tuesday nights are my new saturday nights and every tuesday and every wednesday is saturday so if you want to do beer mile i'm in for a beer mile i'm totally into trent and so hey boys before the before this segment goes the way of bachelor party chronicles Let's end it. Let's let's jump back into this tomorrow night. We'll get into the running news. So uh, we'll we'll talk to you all in a, in a little bit in a in a slightly different frame of mind. All right. Fast forward two days and we are back to reality. Back from our beer mile from this past weekend, guys. That was a that was a ton of fun. I'm glad we did it. The video launched this afternoon going going crazy on instagram people are loving it mike can awesome job on the video the video was unbelievable so if you haven't seen it yet go to our instagram check it out um but guys any any kind of final thoughts to recap our indoor beer mile i'm feeling a little bit more sober since the last time we talked so that's a good thing that's a it's always a plus I would say the beer mile really set my Saturday up for success, though. I think we, we talked about it on the pod, maybe. I don't even remember if we did or not. But you could have went in two directions after the beer mile, right? You could have had yourself a day and, and you know really enjoyed. Or you could have called it quits. But uh, I decided to have myself a day. I ended up making this big you know, master meal. Like I was, I was just chef Trent in the kitchen there and there's nothing better. You know, you don't want to be drunk cooking. That's not good. But I was a nice buzz, the buzz cooking where I'm just trying this new recipe. I had a cookbook. It wasn't even, you know, some online crap. I was looking at a cookbook. I was making multiple things at once. I was feeling myself. So I had a fantastic time cooking. I then played Monopoly and I won. So I really was just, maybe the highlight of my quarantine was starting at the beer mile and like an eight hour stretch there. So I will say I had to, um, like the next day I was explaining to a neighbor of mine at a appropriate distance, <laughs> I might add, uh, what we were doing. And I think like explaining a beer mile in general can be to the general public, like kind of a hard thing to do and like, oh, okay, why would you do that type of thing? But then having to explain how we did it, you know, in my, you know, 800 square foot apartment and I had to do 80 laps back and forth just made it for a real difficult conversation and I think that she um yeah she might look at me a little bit differently these days as she probably should oh man yeah it was I I think I definitely uh some of my my neighbors may have saw saw us through the windows kind of going round and round circles and I didn't even bother having that conversation but I will say um my wife you know wasn't she 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 enjoyed it 
she helped videotape it. She was part of it. But when it was over, she's like, I, I can't put up with these guys anymore. And so she busted out the uh, the Nerf guns because she was done with us. She was annoyed with us. So she started shooting us with Nerf guns. Chris and I equipped ourselves, and we had a, a Nerf battle for, for the rest of the day. Love it was it. awesome. And then I was in bed by like 830 and just, just uh, exhausted. But I'm glad we did it. It was a ton of fun. Um, maybe we'll do it in the, again in the future. Maybe not. Um, but anyways, Mike, we got a lot to talk about in the running news, so let's kick off the, uh, the news. All right, so our first story with the running news takes us to Kenya. And this is kind of a wild story. So former world record holder in the marathon, Wilson Kipsang, was arrested last week because he was found basically like just like drinking in a in a bar and not social distancing so he wasn't taking it seriously he was with his boys drinking some brews police guys came in and arrested him now i don't know exactly what will come of him now but just a kind of a crazy story i don't know what you guys think of this one this reminded me of of high school or something when you're 14 or 15. So quarantine life is like being 15. You have a strict curfew. You're not allowed out at your friend's house. You can't, you know, sleep over there on, on certain nights or whatever it is. You certainly are not allowed to have alcohol there. Um, so Wilson just kind of was was trying to be, you know, a 14, 15-year-old kid again, sneaking out, locking himself in, you know, just drinking some beers with his boys. Um, so it, it just uh, brought me back some fond memories, guys. <laughs> Mike, uh, Kip saying he's the, he's the former world record holder, right? Uh, did you already say that? Okay. So, yes. listen, you know, Wilson Kip saying, you know, maybe do a little bit better job to kind of do your part and do social distancing. But what I don't understand is if you're the former world record holder in the marathon in Kenya, aren't you like the the highest form of royalty you can possibly have in that country? Like, what is a police officer doing arresting Wilson Kip saying? You put him in the back of the cop car and you drive him home, okay? He is a he is a national treasure in Kenya. You don't go around arresting that arresting that guy, right? Like imagine if we had a headline in you know America that just was like LeBron James or Tom Brady was arrested because they were down at like you know Dudley's Irish Pub or something just throwing a few back. Like what? That that can't happen. That's like that's not real life. Like what what is going on here? That you know someone's got to figure it out and also like why can't you know if wilson wants to throw a couple back with his with his buddies like can't they i don't know let the bring the bars out you know the drinks outside the bar bring them back to their crib or something like that and throw them back there i think he's just a rebel and i think he really just wanted to push the limits see what he could get away with and apparently kenya is taking their shit pretty seriously so uh, this kind of as they should as they should right Right. This kind of reminded me, though, of the, the Robert Kraft situation. It's like, why are you putting yourself out in that? You know? I don't know if you can cut that or not, but why are you putting yourself out to get caught? You're Wilson Kipsing. You probably have a nice old house. You know, have the, the, the like Mike said, have the booze brought to you. You're like, right. Uh, what's the next news Wilson story? Ki- Wilson Kipsing <laughs> drinking beers in a bar with his boys is very similar to the Robert Kraft situation. What the hell kind of comparison was that? <laughs> The comparison was if you were going to break rules and neither of them should have broken, you know, the, the rules, the law, then, you know, just do it in, you know, the the sanctity of your own home, right, where you have all this money, you have a successful person, you don't have to go out and about, like you said, the Dudleys down the street. 
No, you're right. You're right. I, I, I guess I guess if 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 being a world record holder in the marathon is the highest form of royalty in Kenya, you know, being a NFL team owner is probably the same level here in the here in the United States. Right. I mean, yeah. like what gets what gets higher than that? You know, I think every every single rich person in, in the world wants to aspire to be an NFL team owner. So, I mean, I, I it's probably probably an equal playing field. Yeah. I just thought of one more take, guys. Wilson must have been pretty. (laughs) He must have been pretty drunk if he couldn't run from the cops. I mean, taking me back to the 14, 15 year old analogy. As soon as the cops come in, all you gotta do is outrun some of the slowest people there, right? So Wilson should have been by far the fastest person there, and somehow he got caught. That doesn't make any sense unless he was very, very drunk. That is a great take. Great take. All right, we ready for the next news story? Go for it, Mike. All right, so we had a uh, tragedy arise in the um, indoor ultramarathon community uh, this past weekend. So prestigious world of ultra of indoor ultramarathon. Of, of course, the elite and uh, you know high, like we've said, royalty world of indoor ultramarathoning. So in this ultramarathon that was happening this weekend, I don't even know which one it was, but there was an ultramarathon canceled, so they decided to do it virtually indoors, and they had these rules where you had to uh, run four miles every hour, and you had to start exactly on the top of the hour. So my man over here on his treadmill apparently started a little bit late, and we can get into it, but apparently it was due to tablet issues. And by tablet, you mean like computer issues, like his, his computer tablet. Exactly. Um, so the race commissioner, I don't know, is that the right term for whoever this guy was? Yeah, sure. Amongst, amongst tears, uh, had to let the man know that he was going to be disqualified from this ultramarathon. Boys, a rough day for the ultramarathon community. Mike, you didn't do this video justice. It was one of the funniest videos I've ever seen because the cause the race director is like, he's literally breaking into tears. He's like, I'm sorry to tell you that I have to disqualify you from the race. And like, there's no sound on on the on the runner's camera or whatever. It's just kind of a camera pointed on him. And it's somebody's like in the background has their their family dog is like holding up and like waving yes. the, having the dog wave its paw at the camera because they can't hear that the guys canceling the race. But I have so many thoughts on this. And I hate everything. I hate everything about this. Like the just the the ultra world i mean we've talked about the world of ultras before on this podcast and how i don't understand it and trent made some legitimate points of like how you're out in nature and the the there's something about getting from an extreme distance point a to point b it's like all right i can start to wrap my head around it when you start talking about like that i don't i don't necessarily completely agree i would never want to partake in it but i can start to wrap my head around it putting an ultra indoors on a treadmill and I just I hate everything about this. I, I I I just cannot stand this the idea of this event. So the worst part about it that that I learned after I read an article or two was this is not an event that they put on or or the idea of an, an indoor ultra marathon is not an event that has been invented you know amongst the crisis that we are <laughs> yeah, all right. This is something that previously existed. So the the race commissioner, if you will, when he was making the determination of whether to disqualify the runner, 
he reached out to someone who was known as inventing the world of indoor <laughs> ultra marathoning. And he did not invent it in the last month. This has been invented a long time ago. So people are doing this, whether you're in a pandemic or you're out of the pandemic. And that, to me, is the most insane part of this. Yeah, so I have no uh, empathy in my heart for, for what you're saying there, Trent. But here's what I will say, folks. Amongst this hilarious video with the dude dancing in the background with his dog, the commissioner crying, I will say this. The guy – so if you, let's say you were training for an ultra marathon, just like if you were training for you know the Boston Marathon or something like that, and it got canceled, we would all be devastated, right? Like if you're putting your heart and soul into training for something and it gets canceled, be devastated. So if this is the only alternative you have and it's like you're in like the right shape for it, all right, I could see them going forward with it. And then on such like a small stipulation, and if this guy was so broken up, it's like we couldn't have just let that go. And then, like I said, the guy's literally getting DQ'd. His the dude's brother or something is like dancing with the dog. He has no idea. He's still running. Who knows how much further he ran in this ultra marathon not knowing that he was DQ'd. Yeah, I will right. say, guys, this video is ridiculous. But I, I actually do kind of feel bad for this dude. I feel like he kind of got screwed. Mike, I feel bad for him a little bit, and then I remembered he's doing an indoor ultramarathon, and then I stopped feeling bad for him. Right, right. He's doing an indoor ultramarathon. If he was just doing an indoor ultramarathon, that'd be one thing. But he's doing an indoor ultramarathon because he was training for one, and it got canceled. So, you know, just like if you have to do an indoor beer mile— you got to do what you got to do. So this guy was just doing what he's got to do. It wasn't his fault. I guess. Uh, any pub is good pub, though. And none of us would have been talking about the ultra marathon if it weren't oh, for true. him getting disqualified after, what was it? It was it 60 something hours that he had been doing it for. So for, you know, <laughs> two and a half days, he had been running four miles ah. per hour. So, I mean, I guess, I guess good on him for, for being a, that dedicated to the cause, and, and now he gets some free pub out of it. Woke Trent <laughs> again. Trent, I feel like you always think that things there's a conspiracy behind something. Do you think that they put this video on just so, you know, the Peak Too Early podcast would talk about it on Wednesday? Mike, I've been having a lot of time for self-reflection <laughs> as I sit in my apartment 24 hours a day. and I'm figuring some stuff out, guys. I am, I am figuring a lot of stuff out. They don't want you to know. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so, guys, we are going to wrap up the news, and we are going to get into our interview with USA Champ in the 1500 meters, Craig Engels. This is the second time we've had Craig on, but we decided to mix it up a little bit. We didn't want to do the same old questions. We didn't want to talk about, okay, Olympics is canceled, you're quarantined, blah, 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 blah. We wanted to have some fun. We wanted to do something different with it. So let's get into our interview with Craig Engels. man so i i think we, we wanted to this is the second time we've had you on and we wanted to do something a little bit fun and different and you know i think i think uh you know we could spend time talking about the olympics getting pushed back but it's just such a bummer and it's like it, it kind of sucks so we want to do something fun we want to do something different so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go completely off the rails here and we're gonna play a game 
of would you rather. And so we got a bunch of questions prepared. And so we want to hear your answer, maybe debate them a little bit and uh, see where this takes us. All right. All right. Let's hear them. <laughs> Trent, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll get us. I'll get us started with, I think what's going to be a classic here. So um, would you rather sell your RV, you know, give it up and, and not replace Ooh. it or only be able to drive your RV anywhere for the rest of your life. You can't drive any other vehicle. It just has to be the RV. That's pretty inconvenient either way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I guess uh, as much as it hurts to say, I'd have to sell the RV. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, that, I didn't think you were going to go that way with it, but, I mean, I got to imagine, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, if you're having trouble with it now, <laughs> It's going to be in a pretty rough shape in the future. Yeah, yes, having, having six to eight kids in there would be kind of rough. <laughs> I don't know. It seems tailor-made for six to eight kids compared to, you know, a Honda Civic or something. <laughs> and by the way, I meant my kids, not random kids. <laughs> 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 Is that Thanks, thanks for the clarification. <laughs> I do, I do think it's always great when you're just driving by, you know, a McDonald's or something and, and you know, not so rural area and there's an RV there or just, you know, at the supermarket in some, you know, city town or something and there's just an RV. Uh, so, I don't know, I think that's something that, that you could aspire to, being the guy that just weirdly has the RV where he absolutely shouldn't have it. <laughs> is, that the, like... is that the plan? Six to eight kids? Yeah, maybe more, you know. And, maybe and more. Maybe I love more. It. Oh, my God. And you an got, RV that sleeps maybe one comfortably. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work out. All right, I got I got another. Uh, this one, I think it's a well-known one, and it's pretty pretty well debated. But I think it's my favorite one of all time. It's would in a fight to the death, would you have to? Would you rather fight uh, one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Um, can we change it from a duck? Can we change it to like? some human that i want to fight <laughs> all right all right so what you who, want who to... is that you tell us who that is yeah who do you want to let's fight now it, let's make it centroids let's make this oh okay. right a hundred duck size centroids or a horse size centroids wait what yeah what was oh man i love it <laughs> i love it so i love it all right so let's break it down duck sized centroids or one horse sized centroids all right where are you going with that? <laughs> I, you know, I so it's some someone I actually want to fight. You know, so then I would have I, I would I would have a tough time hurting some really cute duck-sized horses, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have any trouble hurting some duck-sized centroids. Um, but also that horse-sized centroids would be pretty lean. Yeah. And I feel like just one good kick would knock that thing out. You know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think so. I I've been part of this debate, you know, with that discussion before, and no one has ever brought up like the cuteness of the duck-sized, you know, objects before. So I love, I love like the analysis that's going into it, and I kind of agree with you. I feel like if you could, you know, sneak around the side of a, a horse-sized centro, you could, you could somehow take them down. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. Um, but, but then again, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd take the horse. You think so? <laughs> I mean, think about that. There would be like person this big they'd have hands like the size of your fingernail all you'd have to do is just like start kicking like a madman and little tiny centros would just be flying all over the place it, all you'd have to do is like stomp up and down for like 
you know, two two to three minutes and you'd be all set. Meanwhile, you'd yeah. have big centromets with his giant horse muscles just like, you know, punching the shit out of you. <laughs> See, what you're not taking into account is the mental warfare from 100 Matthew Centrowitz. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> man, you're going to have all these Instagram posts about you. You're going to have <laughs> him yelling. 100 Centrowitz's yelling is a lot, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, that mob mentality. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I tend to agree with you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I got a question for you. So there's going to come a day when this this running thing's over and you're going to have to retire and you're going to get older and you're going to be you're going you're to be a washed up professional athlete. Everybody gets there. I'm there. I wasn't a professional athlete, but I'm a washed up athlete at this point. And some things are going to change. Right. So I would I'm going to ask you, would you rather stay lean, fit, you know, still be able to jump on the track, throw out some decent intervals, but you lose all your hair or you keep your hair and you put on like 80 to 90 pounds? Dang. First off, hopefully this is next year after the Olympics. Like, hopefully I can retire and be drinking Miller Lights, podcasting people. That's right, baby. Um, let's see. Oh man, big stuff. Wait, so so I I'm bald but fit or not fit but bald? No, no, no. You're you're bald but fit. Wait. Or or you keep your hair and you're and you're huge. Uh huh. I think I'd keep my hair. <laughs> I think you got to. How funny would it be if it was just like you show up to a track meet and you're you're retired and you just got that that nice mullet going, you got the you got the mustache going, and people would be like, "See that guy over there? Yeah, USA champ." Absolutely couldn't run a step though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I'm thinking about know. this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the bald would be a new a new style. I, I sure hope so. Yeah, I'm thinking about this question. It's like, <laughs> I'm I'm not fit and I'm balding. So where does that put me in this scenario? Like, this is, I just got the worst of both sides of this scenario. So this, this sucks. <laughs> Craig, Craig, if you start balding, are you going to be a guy that, that, you know, shaves it, goes with the bick? Are you going to, like, hold on and have that nice bald front and, like, this, the hair on the sides, maybe a little ponytail coming off the back? Have you thought about this? I think I, uh... Wow, yeah, I haven't thought about it. Maybe I just cut all ties, no one ever sees me again. <laughs> or embrace it fully and get like a sponsorship tattoo on my head. There Ooh. you go. There you you go. can make now some money. Now you're thinking on that like a businessman. Sure. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> all right, if you had if you had to run a 5k tomorrow, if you had to race it, would you rather do it extremely drunk like like falling over or or chain smoking cigarettes the whole time? <laughs> Constant spirits. Six, six for sure. <laughs> okay. And I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> if I'm smoking the cigs, I'm going out in the front, and I'm getting everyone behind me secondhand. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And and it's Love always it. worse to smoke a cigarette secondhand. Not. This is not from firsthand experience or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty but, well uh, thought through answer there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, like when you're if you're drunk, man, you're just gonna be off the back stumbling around and <laughs> tripping people up. See, I Is think that... I gotta disagree. I think I gotta disagree with you because where it's a good strategy, but at least you're having a good time. Like if you're if you're drunk and out there just like screwing around, if you're out there puffing cigarettes, you're gonna be like coughing and like on your hands and knees like wanting to throw up the whole time because you can't breathe and every breath is just like <laughs> sucking down smoke so I don't, I don't know man 
<laughs> so I think I think what you're what you're not counting for is the uh, the way that a, a nice buzz can take the pain off of a race. So I'm not saying it'll be easy, but it's gonna limit the amount of pain. It will be you'll be in a lot of pain after the fact. But I gotta go drunk. I can't. I don't know. I can't do the cigarettes. <laughs> so. I put a lot of thought into the distance here because, Steve, I agree with you. Let's say it was an 800 or something, even a mile. I think you can, like, get that drunk energy and feel invincible and kind of go for it. But that, that you know, you run out of that pretty quick. Once, you, once you're <laughs> past the mile, if you still have that's two fair. more to go, that's a rough two miles. We've all been there on that run home from the bars. You're, like, that's right. ripping the first five minutes, <laughs> and all of a sudden you find yourself on your hands and knees in a random front yard <laughs> so my my senior year i got a little careless with my with my logs right and i didn't i i you know i was on a, i had a good relationship with my coach and i could joke around with him a little bit and he was just like hey i was looking through your logs the other day and he's like what are these these d it says dm next to next to these miles and i was like oh those are drunk miles coach he's like what and i was like you know i just started you know i needed to add some extra miles so i decided to run home from the bars and you know get a couple extra miles here and there <laughs> you co- yeah he's like he's like you actually have more dms than you do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i had i had a bad summer where i was golfing a lot and that was a lot of daytime drinking and a lot of like daytime cigars and i was somehow for some reason thought it'd be good to run after that and i never really could it was brutal but i could never figure out what was hurting me worse was you know a run after a cigar or the run after the six pbrs during the day Dude, a cigar puts me off yeah. for like three days. I can't do cigars. Maybe yeah, I'm yeah, doing them wrong. Probably, I don't know. We may be the worst worst sport besides swimming for for this question. Yeah. Yeah. No mm. kidding. <laughs> All right. You, running, you just stop. Swimming, you die. <laughs> All right. The next one here, I got. Would you rather get a um, face tat that you get to choose? Or a uh, like a bicep tat that somebody you hate gets to choose. Oh man! Great question. It's <laughs> really good. It's really good. I guess the bicep tattoo. Although the, I mean I, I would love a, a, a cool face tat, and you have to be a certain kind of person to pull them off. And I don't think I'm that person. <laughs> the problem with you is like with your job, you can't hide that bicep tat i mean whatever that person puts on there the whole world's gonna see (laughs) maybe i'll just get so skinny that you can barely see it (laughs) (laughs) well i think you already answered this question though i i I think you're contradicting yourself get the face tat get a sponsor and make some money off of it write down your bald head you're right you're right yeah you're making me look like a hypocrite here um all right give me the face tat I think give me I the think... face tat from my enemy. Yeah, right. Oh. That was scary. I think you're in one of the few professions though where you can kind of pull it off. You know, a musician, uh, a pro athlete. Like I can't go to my work, you know, tomorrow and have a face tattoo. I just don't. You know, I'm going home with with no paycheck. But you could still pull it off. So I'm kind of envious of you in the position you're in, where you could get a face tat. Yeah, your boss yeah, is like, no. man, quarantine really hit you hard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so all my would-you-rathers have some sort of backstory that yeah, I have to preface it with. So so in this scenario, you went out bow hunting with your boy Donovan Brazier, right? And you discover that you are not only a great archer, but you are 
the best archer in the world. And you have to make the decision. Do you switch to archery and get a guaranteed gold medal? Or do you pursue your what you've been gearing your entire life to on the track? You have to pick one or the other. With Donovan as my coach, I'm choosing archery. All right, all right. All right. So so you're so what you're saying is you're you are your motivation is in pursuit of that Olympic glory, not necessarily the running glory. Correct. Also, bow hunting would be so much nicer to chain smoke or be drunk doing. <laughs> yeah, True. that's right. Very, very. I, I don't know if you should be drunk with a bow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Donovan says something a little too sassy. I may accidentally, oops, turn and shoot him right in the leg. <laughs> See, you, you got that answer spot on there because you're guaranteeing a gold medal and you're guaranteeing that you never have to run another step for the rest of your life if you don't want to, which sounds just like a beautiful, beautiful scenario. So that is by easy the right answer. Yeah, that ties in all of the past ones. I would be overweight, bald, <laughs> have a face tattoo. With a face tattoo. What a time to be alive. <laughs> All right, here's uh here's one related. Let's say let's say it's tomorrow. You got a quarantine day tomorrow. You got two options. You can A drink ten skunked warm beers or B watch ten hours of Teletubbies. Oh man, one of them you can get with I could get done with the skunk beers real quick. Wow. And other, but other I don't even know what Teletubbies is. What the hell is Teletubbies? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like a show for three year olds. But but yeah, is it, did, did they teach anything or was it really just like that creepy? Like from the memes I've seen. I think it was anyway, just yeah, just utter nonsense. I think it, yeah, it was that creepy. Just complete <laughs> right, utter nonsense. You haven't seen it. I know one of you guys. Oh, I've it. seen it. Yeah, it's like I said, it's utter nonsense. It's just like weird creepy songs and they like talk to the sun and shit it is it's it's tough to watch man 10 hours of it would be a long long time <laughs> long give time me give me the beers days, yeah give me the beers give me give the me. beers i'll suck those ah, down. 10 skunked beers is <laughs> i mean 10 beers alone is a lot of beers you add in them skunked factor how, how skunked we talking though we're talking gross man like we're talking you know Someone left him outside in the sun for, uh, you know, a year. <laughs> Not a year, for a weekend. He took him in. He tried to make him cold again, but they're, they're awful. All right. I got it. Here's what I'm thinking. You get your boys together. You load up the fridge full of Miller Lights, and you just drink a bunch of cold beers while you watch Teletubbies and just get super blasted while you watch Teletubbies for 10 hours. Fair enough. Make it a drinking game. I love make it. it a drinking game. Yeah, start making, like, bets on, you know, I don't know what you'd make bets on, but make bets on something. I think it could be a good time. I feel like there's a common theme with all of these questions. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, here's another one for you. Let's see. I'm trying to I'm trying to decide between these two. All right, would you rather only be able to whisper everything for the rest of your life, or scream everything at the top of your lungs for the rest of your <laughs> life? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> am I allowed to use technology if I'm the whispering guy? Like, like, like text people instead, or something? oh, that's a good question. 
I would say yes, but then you're walking around with like a megaphone or whatever, whispering into a megaphone. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a better option. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, yeah, I think I'd be, I, I'll do the megaphone guy. Okay. No one wants to be the loudest guy in the room. I like it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's got to be it. The megaphone is very ingenious. <laughs> My, the thing I would be nervous about is like when you're screaming all the time like that, I feel like you just like have like crazy headaches all the time. <laughs> so my the first place my my brain went to was okay so if you're whispering you, you can still you know play some game you can still talk to girls and stuff like that imagine being on a date having to scream everything <laughs> <laughs> i think you'd have to play it off like you're just a mute you know and just be a you know learn, yeah, that's a good idea and sign, sign language a lot of texting that could work yeah. too I guess it depends on your profession too, right? Like as a professional runner, you could get away with just being the whisper guy because, I mean, you just go out there and whisper through your interviews and crush it on the track. If you're like, yeah. in a, a, if you're in a job where you have to like present to people, I mean, you're getting fired in a second if you're just whispering through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> uh, we got a couple more here for you. Okay. Wait, uh, la so last comment on that one. I just thought of something. If uh, if a on. professional runner was only screaming all the time. They would by far be my favorite runner ever. Imagine ele how electric they are on television. You go on and he's just <laughs> screaming as he passes people. They interview him and he's just like screams in all the post-game interviews. That would absolutely be my favorite <laughs> runner. So just something to think about. Oh, man. Well, that, that's, that's a nice transition into my question um, because one athlete that does it is Conor McGregor. So my question for you is uh, you got two of the most fierce – fighters of our lifetime you got conor mcgregor or mike tyson which one would you rather get in a ring with and you don't need to beat either one of them you just need to survive let's say let's say six rounds with them <clears throat> i think mike tyson i think Although, so too. I, I mean i'd love to get the shit kicked out of me by mcgregor i don't know about you guys that'd be cool to put on my <laughs> resume cool. <laughs> <laughs> um but but mike tyson can't flying knee you to the face <laughs> yeah or, but yeah but he could put you in the hospital with one swing maybe maybe that's better maybe maybe yeah. maybe, uh, maybe i just get knocked out first punch <laughs> although i'd love to try and land one i'd play a lot of defense and then maybe try and land one yeah <laughs> but and they just run McGregor, away yeah yeah then run run around the whole time with mcgregor i'm just there's no chance i get a kick or anything in the problem is, like, I think as soon as McGregor got me on the ground, which would be, take, you know, three seconds, I I literally think he would kill me. Like, he would definitely kill me. I, I wouldn't even have time to tap out. Like, he would just be pop, 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 right to the face and, and you yelling. know, bleeding out of my ears. Yeah, and yelling at me and I don't know. And I just, crying. <laughs> I, think I'd, I think I'd rather go, like, three rounds with Tyson than do, like, one round with McGregor. Yeah. Because I would just, like, run around in circles in the ring away from Mike Tyson. Yeah, I think I'm on board with that for sure. I don't know who is crazy enough to hop in with McGregor. No. I think you ought to get points too, Craig. You're, you're going to get your ass kicked no matter what. So I think I agree with you. I just go for the punch early on, try and land one, and then, you know, maybe get knocked out early on. But if you're if you're <laughs> running around, you're going to get knocked out. You're just delaying the inevitable. But I think we also forget how much of a loose cannon Mike Tyson was. I mean... 
that guy would kill you too. I mean, he's not gonna, he's no angel compared to McGregor. Yeah, at least there's like a couple inches of cotton in between. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. All right, Trent, you got you got one last really good would you rather? One last really good would you rather. Um, let's see. I got an, I got an intellectual one for you. Oh boy. Uh, would oh, you rather oh. have a a 50% chance at winning a hundred million dollars, flip of a coin for a hundred million, or a 90% chance at winning a million dollars? Wait, what? Um, you have 50% chance that someone offers you 50% chance at winning 100 million, they'll give you 100 oh, okay. million, or yeah, you have a 90% chance at just they'll give you a million dollars right now. So easy. It, it may be easy, but the thing is, is I'm a degenerate and I love gambling. Yeah, yeah. I think we're but going also, the same way with this. I think we're going the same way with this. <laughs> yeah, either way, like I wasn't, yeah. The thing is, I could live off like five thousand dollars a year. So why not just go for the hundred million if I don't get it? Yeah, that yeah, I mean, right. that, I'm in the. I I love the thrill of it. I love fifty yeah. percent odds here. I love the idea. It's all or nothing type thing. I'm going fifty percent chance for hundred million, no question about it. And Boom. like a million dollars is a lot of money, and it's like gonna put you in a great spot but a hundred million dollars will change your life yeah. forever and will change Paul's your kids right lives there. how would it change your life what are you doing with that hundred million a hundred million dollars that's so much money yeah what are you doing with it? <laughs> i mean i'm first of all boom let's get rid of let's get rid of all the debt all the you know loans and crap like that and then let's like, buy Roth a ira <laughs> yeah yeah Come on. <laughs> and let's invest it no, 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 I'm going to put, like, uh, you know, I'm going to put a little bit aside, and then I'm just going to, like, travel for a year with, you know, a couple million dollars, and then I'm going to buy a sick house, and I'm going to settle down, get back into my normal life, and then I'm just going to, you know, I'll probably quit my job and just, like, be a professional podcaster, I guess. I yeah. don't make any money doing this, but, like... That's the answer, Mike. That's the answer. We're quitting our jobs, and we're taking Peak Too Early to the greatest yeah. Let's do it. media outlet in the world. That's there great. we go. I don't know. I'm going. Everyone over the age of 18, this shirt. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Fifth 12. I don't care how old I was. If they got money, if you can take your parents' credit card, go on peakthrilly.com and buy a t shirt. (laughs) I think I'm going to the casino if I win 100 mil. Put it, yeah, put the 100 million back on black. (laughs) Put it on black. Always on black. (laughs) That's right. Oh my God. What a disaster. This has been a ton of fun, and and like I said at the top of the show, like we just wanted to get you on and and just and just you know kind of shoot the shit and and have fun because you know this stinks right now. Like I mean, we like I said, we could talk all night about how much this sucks and how how tough of a position that this puts you in. But you know, we can also look at this as an opportunity to kind of have fun with the sport and promote the athletes for another year and just get ready for for 2021. So, um, you know, we're bummed about this year, but we're really looking forward to next year and we we hope we hope the best for you. Yeah, maybe this is maybe this is the route we need to go with the or you guys need to go with the podcast, just a bunch of would you rathers. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I actually there was a point in time where I was so bored with social media that I wanted to do <clears throat> I wanted to like have on my account a daily would you rather and make them really good but i just would i would always think of one really good one and then couldn't think of anything comparable (laughs) really ask you guys i'm like would you rather never be able to use anything with wheels again and i'm like there's not many things that i could think of and i'm like i guess maybe 
maybe maybe would you rather never have would you rather not have teeth or never be able to use wheels anything with wheels again Whoa. can you get dentures no oh. i you think have... i gotta go i think i gotta go wheels you'll, you'll have no teeth i think i got to. i mean like what am i gonna do without wheels i need wheels in my life i mean i can drink smoothies <laughs> you could walk you could <laughs> live in new york city the rest of your life you know that's fair Something like uh, and that. yeah, you could like, I don't know. I guess if you had enough money, you could get like a oh no, a jet doesn't fuck. That even just, takes out that even takes out planes, right? Yeah, you, you can't get them wheels. planes. A seaplane. <laughs> yeah, a seaplane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's right. You gotta, or you could you boat gotta, everywhere. You could boat everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You boat to your seaplane. Yeah, just live Man. on the water, boat everywhere. I like that. But you couldn't like, get a cab and stuff. You know, you gotta yeah. really walk you couldn't, everywhere. You couldn't take the train in New York. But yeah. if you have no teeth, you can't like talk right. You know, <laughs> no one can understand you. I don't know. I just watched. I just watched Tiger King. That guy talked all right. <laughs> he, <laughs> he had a couple teeth though. He had a couple oh, teeth. His husband, the guy's husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen episode one because of Flow Track. Flow Track posted a meme and put me <laughs> in. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> that was pretty unfair. That came out of nowhere. I saw that. I was like, I don't even get it. <laughs> <laughs> but then i i guess in the first like five minutes he's like he like pulled off his hat and he's like all the viewers are gonna know i have a mullet that's true oh yeah that's right he does say that yeah. <laughs> and you did you it, it didn't help your case by posting a video yesterday of you in a cheetah print uh jacket <laughs> Oh man, that was so cringy. That was <laughs> it was so a great cringy. video though. <laughs> but, yeah, Nike contacted me and was like, "You gotta do this," and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man." <laughs> oh, they so they forced you to do that? Uh, I they didn't force me. Okay, all right. <laughs> I all wanted right. to. <laughs> fair enough, fair. It was but, funny. Yeah, I got a good laugh out of it. It was yeah. hilarious. I couldn't enter, like one of my roommates works in uh, in a pot shop here in Portland, and I'm like, uh, I don't think Nike wants me introducing all of my roommates. <laughs> 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 oh, man, that's, oh, that's unreal. <laughs> you got any other would you rather's? Dude, all the ones we used to go with in college are just wildly inappropriate and all yeah. sexual. Okay. All right, we'll I think, I think we should do on. one of those. We can cut it if it's too bad, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you. my memory is so bad that the only ones I remember are the ones that everyone knows, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I used to think... My, uh, I had a friend named Andrew Colley. I don't know if you guys know him. He's a, he's a, he's a professional runner, but we, we went to NC State together. Yep. And he would just come up with these gruesome ones about like your parents or <laughs> oh, like, God. <laughs> God, you're like, oh, yeah, we'll God. skip those ones. <laughs> My mom listens to this, Craig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, there is, there... Well, maybe you could think of one to this. You never you never have access to the internet or anything like that ever again. Or Oh, nothing. I was thinking of one. I was thinking of one earlier. Uh, access to the internet. Oh, okay. So I got this. Access to the internet or any heating or cooling. So you can have oh. either the internet or AC and heat. So like and water. Involve water in that. <laughs> okay. So you can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't have. You can't have your water heated. So it's just like you get in the shower and it's just lukewarm or cold water. And beer. So, <laughs> and beer. Oh, God. Yeah, so you can't artificially hot or cool anything. Yeah. 
So you get no temperature control in your life or the internet. All right, life see you would later. Life would be so internet. tough without the internet, man. It would be, but it would be even tougher without without heat. You know, I'm I'm getting pretty used to, like, doing puzzles and crosswords these days, so I feel like I just have to be a big – although I do, like, get my crosswords off of the internet, so <laughs> I'd have to, like, subscribe <laughs> to a newspaper or something. Shit. Imagine think... imagine going to your job and your boss is like, hey, you need to do this. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't use the internet. You pull out the encyclopedia. Yeah, right. <laughs> you go to the library and ask for the, you know, the Dewey Decimal, whatever, the book catalog. I actually think, I think I would choose, uh, I would keep the internet. Yeah, I think because you have. I've been, doing, I've been trying cold showers recently, just because someone told me it helps you with something in life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pretty brutal, but I could do it. I could definitely do it. <laughs> Oh, because they told you it helps you with something in life. All right. It's you not hard to convince. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Craig. This has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, we got to make you the first ever three-time guest sometime in the near future. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Hopefully one day in person I can meet you guys in person. Yeah, hell yeah. Record the world episode, is back to normal. Yeah, if anyone listening has any other would you rather's, um, hopefully we could pop them up on one of our Instagrams and yeah, something, you know? yeah, yeah, DM us, and the the four of us will answer. So if you have any other would you rather's, DM us at P too early, and the four of us will answer it. I love it. All right, all man. right, boys. Thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun for me too. And that interview with Craig Engels was brought to you by 27 Video Productions. This is our, this is the 27 Video uh, Productions is part of our team at Peak Too Early. We can count on them for all of our video production needs. Guys, do me a favor. If you're a loyal listener of the program, if, the, if you're a loyal listener of this program, do me a favor. Go follow 27 Video. It's I believe it's 27 Video on Instagram. Do do them a favor. Help us out by helping them out. Um, so guys, I uh, I put out a question uh, asking people what races should we recap next on P2E Classics because we have another P2E Classic coming up. Mike, what uh what were some of the the races that people threw out there? Yeah, so just quickly scrolling through, we had El Garouge 2004, we had Billy Great Mills, race. Robbie Andrews kicked to win the 800 title, Centro going wire to wire to win gold. Uh, men's 1500, Athens 2004, Prefontaine at Munich, obviously, 96, Atlanta, uh, Olympic 10K, Meb getting Olympic silver. We got a couple of repeats here, so some really good ones. The, the list goes on and on, but yeah, some awesome, awesome races suggested. So I think we got to, as long as... Uh, this quarantine goes and we have no sports. We'll have plenty to talk about for now. So uh, I do want to say um, I got a couple requests for the pen relays, uh, the one that where Villanova, I believe it was from a couple years ago, where Villanova outkicked um, uh, Cesarek uh, to, to win the to win the four by mile. Everybody, stop requesting that race. I hate that race. 
I'm never doing that race. <laughs> that race stands for everything I hate about this sport. They slow. They ran. They essentially ran 400. They they essentially ran four miles to run a 200 meter sprint. We're not doing that race. So stop requesting it. Um, but it, uh, a lot of great, a lot of great races on that list, and we're gonna get to. We're probably gonna be able to get to all of them if I'm, you know, if we're being honest. Um, but Mike, what what race are we doing today, and who requested it? All right. So coming in. From Jeffrey, uh, let's see, is this right? Yeah, Jeffrey Wahom, Wahom. Ah, uh, big Jeff, uh, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. So he requested that we watch the uh, World Championship 5,000 meter final uh, in 2003 in Paris. Um, so this is a showdown between El Garouge, uh, Bekele, and uh, oh, Mike, you know Mike, a couple of a couple other names that you. What's up? I have some stats for for some of the people in this race. So, oh, okay. so yeah, yeah. Let me, let me so we got so we got El Garouge, who's you know he would come back in 2004 at the Olympics with some but some say the the greatest Olympics of all time, winning the the 5K uh, for for one for one distance runner. He won the 5K 1500 meters in very dramatic fashion. Um, he had just won gold in the 1500 meters at this World Championships in 2003 in the 1500 meters. We got um, Kenisa Bekele, which you know, in today's day and age, he's regarded as one of, if not the greatest distance runner of all time on the track, his biggest accolades around this time in 2004, he would, he would go on to, to win gold in the 5k in 2008. He won gold in the 5k, 10k at this world championships in 2003. He had just won gold in the 10k. So both El Garouge and Kenisa Bekele were, were kind of going head to head to see who was going to double up for a, a gold medal. This kind of this race between these two people, between two of the the greatest greatest distance runners of all time from two very different disciplines. One was a 10K runner. One was kind of like a mid-distance 1,500-meter uh, runner. Um, they were coming head-to-head for whoever for, to, to essentially win runner of the year that year in, in 2003. Um, also in that race, you had um, John Cabowen, and you also had Abraham Chibi, both from Kenya, both two very talented distance runners at the time. And then you had uh, a little unknown 18-year-old by the name of Eliud Kipchoge, who nobody really expected to do much in this race. Who? 18 years old? 18-year-old, yeah. He's, he's a, he's, we've talked about it on the podcast before. He's a household name. He's one of the few household names in the sport. But at the time, he was, un, he was an unknown. Before before we dive any deeper, I just need to give a shout out to all the listeners who are feeling a little overwhelmed right now, like myself. This episode went from an indoor beer mile talking about a washed up <laughs> runner get arrested. Would you rather is with Craig Ingalls to some intense serious track talk. Um, but but now that I've I've got that on my system, I feel you know ready to roll here. I also want to mention El Garouge is still the world record holder in the 1500 in the mile outdoors. Yep. That's how dominant he was, is he still holds world record, whatever, 20 years later, whatever it is. I would say in, you know, the sport of distance running, the two most important records that we have is the mile world record and the marathon world record. And in right. 2003, we had no idea it was going down, but we were about to have both of those, probably the best at those disciplines ever to do it racing each other oh and Kenisa Bekele you know arguably the greatest distance runner of all time so what one hell of a showdown and Trent to your point 
that's what we're getting here at peak too early. One second, we're doing beer miles. The next, we're diving deep into distance running. Let's go. Yeah, and so, Mike, to, to your point, at the time, nobody could have known that, you know, what was what was going to, you know, what how this race would be viewed. You know, looking back 17 years later, this was one of the greatest showdowns of all time. And it was happening in in London or I'm sorry, Paris uh, at the 2003 World Championship. So the race goes off. And, you know, for the majority of the race, there's a lot of interesting tactics happening out there. There's some there's some push and shove. And I, I think there was one point where El Garouge kind of got into um, a, a little bit. He kind of got pushed from behind by one of the by one of the uh, the Kenyan athletes. But a lot of mixing up, you know, you're, you're watching kind of the race unfold. Um, and the, the announcers are, are hilarious because the announcers keep bringing up the names El Garouge, Bekele, Chibi, um, you know, the 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 the. Uh, eventual household name in in kipchoge never mentioned during the entire race well at one point steve too like i think it was towards the end when kipchoge started moving they actually started listing all the people and then you know kipchoge moved into second and they said uh and uh we have uh the other kenyan there and it was like it seemed like they were like scrambling to figure out who it wasn't and then they finally said his name kipchoge but it was like they listed off all these names and it was just you know at the time Obviously, that makes sense, right? He's this 18-year-old kid, but now we're looking back, rewatching the race, and it's pretty funny to hear them call Kipchoge um, the other Kenyan. It's like, yeah, it was, right. <laughs> it's also funny to hear them call Bekele uh, Bekele. I don't know if you guys Bekele, are picking yeah. up on that at all, but uh, the announcers were not, you know, not killing it with all, with all the names out there. Um, Steve, you mentioned some of the interesting race tactics. I mean, we we always talk about how we love it when a guy, you know, takes it out hard and, and makes them actually race the entire distance, and it doesn't hurt into a sit and kick. I mean, this was, you know, the race of all all races, you know, strategy wise, where first Pekele fires out and takes it strong but then there was weird stretches in there where it really slowed down where you know how to shift in strategy and then there was you know the kicks coming in that that went so early um out of El Garouge but it was just like if you like racing you liked watching this because there was just everybody had their own strategy everybody was responding it was it was super fun from a tactician standpoint and you would and, think and with some, one, like, powerhouses like, you know, Bekele and El Garouge going into it, I mean, they really left this race wide open going into the, you know, the last quarter mile. I think El Garouge was happy to let that happen, you know, being the mid-distance guy and having that speed. But you would think that maybe Bekele, he did slow the race down later in the race, and I think he was thinking, like, I can take these guys. But, I mean... At the bell lap, there was still a pack of, you know, six or seven guys, all who were studs and, and could take it. And that's eventually what gave Kipchoke the, uh, you know, the opening to go for it. I mean, I think he was a, I think Bekele was afraid of the Kenyans because you got to remember he had he had the 10K in his legs from 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 earlier in that week. And I think he, you know. Like like Trent said, there was definitely some tactics where he tried surging, but slowing it down. I think he was just like at a certain point he's like this is my only chance to kind of beat these guys is to is to is to slow it down and, and make it you know make it a little bit faster at the end yeah it seemed like he shifted uh views halfway through whereas they went out really really hard right so it seemed like he took it out hard wanted to, to set the pace and then he realized he wasn't dropping these guys so then he wanted to have the fresh legs and, and try his you know try it with the last quarter mile and see if he could hold everybody off yeah i think he was trying to take essentially take the kick out of their legs early mm -hmm. and then and I think he said, you know, tired, I'm the best kicker, essentially. So if I yes, if I can make fair. all these guys tired, I'm the best kicker. 
So I want to give a shout out to like, I think it was maybe with 800 or 1200 to go in the race. Uh, you know, again, they were still doing the rundown of all these powerhouses and they made a comment on like, so why don't we talk a little bit about the uh, U.S. distance uh, racing scene? And you just have this like massive <laughs> pack of Kenyans and Ethiopians and El Garouj and <laughs> And then in the back, you have, like, one American there, bitch, like, yeah, well, America sucks right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, every every two years, we try and do a report card for America, and, uh, yeah, I think they're pretty much failing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I, got, I, got a, I got a big kick out of that. You know, it would take until, you know, what, you know, uh, 2012 when, when our boy Leo Manzano kind of changed the whole you know direction trajectory of a, of a country and in, in distance running for that to really change you know almost a decade later right yeah not not a lot of highlights to the u.s distance uh a team at that point this was fun to kind of go back and remember you know how dominant the kenyans were i mean you know you had some guys from different countries up in that pack but and, and kenya still has a very strong program obviously but i do feel like this early to mid 2000s is when you turned on any race and you just knew the pack of Kenyan guys were going to be there. They were they were so damn dominant and they just you know there was such a strong pack of them. It was it was cool to remember you know what situation they were in back then. You know I I look back at the early 2000s and you know I, I have some fond sports memories from from the from the early 2000s and when I go back and I I watch. You know these these sporting events on TV replays. I realized that like wow, you know back then I thought that this TV quality was unbelievable, but it's really crazy to see how just how much TV has changed even in the past like 15, 17 years. Like the video quality was not good compared to today's standards. Right, and we were talking about that when we watched you know our past couple of races, the 70s and the 80s. And you kind of expected that. 2003 doesn't feel like it was that long ago right so to see like that crazy difference now we got this insane high def you know everything is you know picture perfect but i will say we've commented on the last couple races you know the commentating in the 70s and 80s was incredible and amazing by 2003 they had definitely hit their boring stride of just monotone brutal to listen to track talk don't know and, what they're talking about. Yeah, and it's like it makes it boring again, right? Like obviously the race to us was fun, but part of what made you know uh, recapping the races from the 70s and 80s is it, it was incredible entertainment to listen to and to watch. This it was like unless you have an amazing like you know race for the century, then it can get a little monotonous and boring. And so just a reminder yeah, where we're at again and. Even 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 though it took a while to realize like how great this race was, you still had an incredible heavyweight matchup between these between uh you know El Garouge and and Bekele that you should have given you endless content during this race. And so you know like we talked a little bit about the tactics, how it went out hard, Bekele slowed it down, and it and it it became very evident that this was going to be a fast last 400 so they go into the 400 and you know it's starting to get mixed up and by the time you get to the last 200 a new face emerges to the front it's our boy Elliot Kipchoge puts on a hell of a kick heading into the last turn and coming down the stretch it's a wild stretch you have a blanket finish you have just a, a, a straight wall 
of El Garouge, uh, uh, Elliot Kipchoge, and uh, Kenisa Bekele. Just a wild, wild finish. I mean, I had to like literally like rewatch it. Like, obviously, the commentators called it that that uh, Kipchoge took it, but it was so close that if El Garouge didn't lean like you know a tiny, tiny bit too early. It could have been his race. Like it was so close that it was. It came down to literally how you leaned across the line. Yeah, what was that? I know he's not a 5K runner. He's more of a 1500. <laughs> so maybe he was just so tired he wasn't thinking straight. But El Garouge leaned like a full, you know, two steps too early. It was. It was so bizarre. Yeah. So so like Mikey said, Kipchoge just gets just gets a hair across the finish line before the other two other two runners. You know, they announce that they finally, the the team in the booth finally figures out who it is. It's like, oh, it's this guy, uh, Kipchoge. He's 18 years old. And they announce he's, uh, some people are piano prodigies and this guy's a, a running prodigy. It's like, okay, well, I see where you're going with that, but that's that's what we're going to say right now. It was, so when I was looking at his celebration on the TV, you have this, like, tiny 18-year-old, like, baby-faced Kenyan and I'm thinking to myself, like, can you imagine if somebody told that kid that in 20 years from now you were going to be wearing a robe and GQ magazine? <laughs> he's got he's got the gap tooth, right? He just looks yeah, like he yeah. can't control his happiness. <laughs> it's right, it's right. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're if you're not a Kipchoge fan, uh, after you know seeing the GQ photo shoot and and seeing Drip Chogi, as we had a listener submit last week, <laughs> you will be after watching this race. It is the the kahunas on this guy to be 18 years old, going up the best distance runners in the world at all the different events. You got the best 10K runner. You got the best 1500 runner. And he's going out there. He's leading the race at one point in the middle. He's covering all the moves. And then for him to think that he can cover the kick by El Garouge coming down the stretch at, like you said, Mike, this little baby-faced kid out there. It's it's insane. It's a... It just makes you, you know, become a massive Kipchoge fan to see like the confidence he had, uh, just the just the balls on him to cover those moves and to believe that he could actually win, and then to do it, and then not to mess up the lean like El Garouge to actually, you know, time his lean correct was just it was it was incredible. And so, you know, I, we talked a little bit about it kind of while we're working our way through the race and the commentary and the coverage, and it's just like, you know, we know we know a lot about a marathon that happened in 1982 because the storytelling was so great. The commentary was so, so great. This is the greatest race that people just don't know about or people just don't talk about. And it was because of the coverage in our sport, really. This is just, to me, this is a, is a prime example of why we need to do a better job and just our coverage needs to do a better job. One thing that, that they have done a better job with is finally putting names on the bibs. What what were they thinking back then, having the random numbers <laughs> on the bibs? You have guys running with these random numbers that mean absolutely nothing. So if you're a spectator and you don't know all these guys by face, you're trying to figure out who's who, it's impossible, even with the camera angle right there. So that's, you know, one thing we've done better. I couldn't, you know, just it just made me think of how ridiculous an idea that was that these guys need some random numbers on their bibs. Yes, I, I think we've talked about it before, but, like, it makes sense in, like, a high school cross-country race why you need, like, a number assigned to you, Right. But in a world championship 5K, when there's only 20 of you on the line, why do you need a random number? Like, it's not like we're, 
You know what I mean? It's not like we're getting lost in it. We know who all these guys are. Just put their name there. Put a name to a face like that. It's a great point, Trent. Thank you. Thanks for letting <laughs> me go first. Thanks for the compliment. You're just you're such a nice guy, Mike. Uh, so so thanks again to everybody that submitted uh, a race that we'll watch. Like I said, we're we're probably gonna get around to all of these except for the the Villanova outkicking Cesarek in the the, the Penn Race because I hate that race. Um, but um, on that, Mike, this has been a this has been a wild, a wild, crazy episode. But you know we're we're providing content for the people during this this shutdown. Like I mean, you know, if at the very least we can do is give you an hour to an hour and a half of, of content while you don't have anything else to do, then then we're doing our job. So, Mike, why don't we kick off the bell? Line? Yep. So, uh, I hope everyone's staying safe and everyone's staying healthy. Like Steve said, we're doing our best to try and create as much content as possible right now to kind of give you, even if it's just a four-minute video, that little bit of escape from the world. So check out our IGTV. We're pumping it up. We got our running stories, our P2E running stories that are have been hilarious so far. Check those out. And if you want to submit one, someone to peaktooearlypod at gmail.com. We'll get yours up there. We're going to drop those a couple times a week. Obviously, we got our P2E classic recaps that we'll be throwing up at least once a week. Um, we got, you know, random stuff like the beer mile that we dropped. I mean, the content right now, my goal is, except for Sundays, I want to get a badass video up every single day for the, the people. And who knows? Maybe we'll get some more bonus pods going. We're going to keep pumping out as much content as we can. So do your part. Give us a review on iTunes and tell a friend. Be like, hey, listen, I got these stupid guys who are putting out some decently funny stuff if you're bored sitting around your house in quarantine go check them out so help us out while we put out this content trent what do you got for people on the bell app i got i got a two-part bell app here first is a serious one just you know i said it last week but again big thank you to anyone that works in healthcare. Uh, keep hearing stories about how crazy it is. My girlfriend who's a nurse is telling me about how crazy it is. Um, so I really appreciate what everyone's doing. And you make you make me feel cool by I get to help by just staying home and, and you know not doing anything. So it's it's cool to, to feel like I'm helping out here by doing nothing. Um, my other part is I was I was thinking I need to make the best out of my quarantine. So I was trying to think of the the things that you know are positive improvements in my life from quarantine. So I'll leave you guys with this. Here here are things that are good about quarantine. So first off. Um, I don't have to spend any money on deodorant because I haven't worn deodorant in like 30 plus days. <laughs> Next, I no longer have to charge my phone at night because it doesn't matter. I can just charge it whenever. So I just leave it wherever. I, I always have to find it in the morning. Uh, next, I don't have to do the dishes right after I cook because I'm never going to leave without the dishes being you know, not done. Um, same thing, you, you never you never get that feeling like you can't find your keys or your wallet in the morning. You know, when you're trying to rush out the door and you can't find that. Uh, and finally, I'm saving the world by using less toilet paper and using a homemade bidet. So those those are all the positives that are coming out of this. Way, way to look on the bright side, Trent. Thank you. <laughs> Just a positive guy. Um, yeah, yeah, similar, you know, a lot of repeats, but, you know, thank you to all the healthcare workers in our lives. Um, you guys are you guys are uh, saving the world right now. And um, like Mike said, you know, we're putting out content and you guys are interacting with us on social media. I love it so much. It's so much fun. Like the people that, you know, ha that listen to us are, are awesome. And we're, you know, making a lot of cool friendships through this. 
But the one thing that you could do that is the biggest help to us is go rate and review on iTunes. That is the, by far the biggest help to us. So if you're listening to us to the, to us right now and you have iTunes, please just go do that. It would be a huge help. Other than that, boys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. There's so many things I want to see. You know I like my girls a little older. I just want to use your love tonight. I You, uh, you survive in quarantine life? Dude, it's the same fucking thing I do every day. <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing is changed. There's, there's a great meme where it's, I don't even, some cartoon thing. And it's like your face, and he's just looking straight face. And it says, when you realize quarantine is your daily lifestyle, I think it's, you know, the best meme out there right now. Oh, oh nice. Oh, it love it. <laughs> Won't stop, love can't stop, it. baby. <laughs> Keep on rolling. What about you guys? Are you guys Keep all? Oh, sorry, I was putting the pants on. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know if I have anything changed for you guys. As soon as you are able, woman, I am weak. Take the break that we are on the brink of My cup is on the table